Hello, and welcome to the Spirit of Life in Ibiza podcast. A new day is dawning. As the sun rises and sets on our hearts, our eyes are being slowly opened to all that we can be. As the lies start to come to the surface, and as we start to recognise the parts that have been played in this movie that we call life, we can slowly, slowly, step by step, start to move forward in love. Challenges may await us, we cannot ascend without facing all that has held us back. But all that has held us back can be dispelled as we start to come together as one. Energy is contagious, more contagious than any virus, and we shall all start to awaken from our slumber as we come together in love. Already are we seeing the vibration of love ascend through our hearts and minds as we each start to reconnect with family, community, and those that need help in our society, each in our own special ways. Already are we starting to feel the calling to step into our roles and shine our love on those that are open to receive. Yes, there may be fear, there may be anger, and there may be hate, but there is also compassion and unity and a strength in love that has never before been seen. Love is a thing that makes us smile, that makes us happy all the while. Love is a force that holds our hand, that spreads its wings throughout our land. Love is a thing that knows no bounds, that moves between us without a sound. Love is a thing that opens hearts, that reconnects us with our art. Love is a thing that makes us sing, always the best place to begin. Love is a thing that opens us up, makes us drink from the spiritual cup. Love is a thing to change our world. Love will make us free as a bird. Love is a thing that undoes hate, the thing that no one can debate. Love is a thing that lifts us up, even when we've had enough. Love is a thing that happiness brings, that washes away all man's sins. Love is a thing that's in our hearts. Love will bring about a brand new start. Love is a thing that we must feel, then ascensions are done deal. Love is a thing that we must see, then humanity will be free. Love is a thing that we must know, then into freedom we shall go. My guest today is returning guest Victoria Sinclair, techno shaman practitioner, spiritual teacher and founder of the Lotus Consciousness Programme. As part of the Sinclair family, she descends from the Knights of the Templar lineage who were keepers of the Kundalini energy. Victoria spent many, many years honing her skills and crafts and has spent time working with indigenous tribes, gaining much wisdom, knowledge and understanding of different cultures and teachings. She has been working behind the scenes for over 20 years, but only now is she feeling the calling to start to speak out about her work in order to enable people to have a smoother awakening experience at this critical time in the process. So welcome once again, Victoria, to the Spirit of Life in Ibiza podcast. Mm, thank you so much, Nayabi, and greetings from Mexico, where we did the last transmission. So yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me back. Oh, you're so welcome. It's so nice to have such a link between where I am at the moment in the UK, um, you being back in Mexico, and of course, uh, where, we, where we met in Ibiza. So it's really great to hold that, 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 that trinity, that there's a link of trinity there, mm-hmm. which is quite, quite special. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly interesting times that we're living in at the moment. Obviously, there's a lot going on right now, and people will be dealing with different levels of trauma around loss of freedom, saturation of information, misinformation, mistruths, not not knowing where to turn or what to believe. So we wanted to bring this podcast just to shine a little bit of light in the storm and talk about some of the stuff from a higher perspective um, to what's being presented to people in the mainstream. Um, now, Victoria and I will both be connected to our spirit guides throughout this podcast. So hopefully there will be some words of wisdom that you can take from listening in on, on this podcast today. Victoria, could you maybe start us off by sharing some of your thoughts on what you're seeing happening as part of this great awakening of our hearts and minds? Thank you, Nayabi. Um, so firstly, um, 
I would really like to just honour the traditional owners um, and ancients and ancestors of the land that I'm in of Mexico and of all the countries, of all the people who are listening, just to anchor us into that connection of those who have gone before us and those who hold space for us in the unseen realms. I also want to give gratitude to our guides at the moment who are, are here with us and here helping us to speak. So thank you for iterating that, Nayabi. I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And um, alongside that, I would like you all to engage with what is called your higher self, which is, it's, it, it's the part of you that sometimes guides you to go to places and you don't know why, but it takes you there. It's even beyond your intuition. And it's, it's a, a part of you that is connected more to source consciousness, to universal consciousness. I would like to ask you all to just connect with your higher self right now and to ask your higher self to place a filter into your field so that the information that comes through in this podcast is what is right for you, which helps you to take the next steps in your journey to reach what we call in many lineages gnosis, which is like knowing, um, finding your compass to the truth. Because we all are born, we're all the same species to a degree, <laughs> and we are all born on a slightly different astrological moment or place. And that means that our vantage point to the universe is all slightly different. And that is why um, truth, there, there, are, there are fundamentals of natural law um, and spiritual law that are governing principles of the universe that are givens. And these are things that we try to abide by. And when we do, we get a deeper connection to what truth may be, and it helps to guide our lives in a better way. And so I just ask you to connect with that um, and to, to see what the lens is going to show you and to find your feet with that. And with that, I also suggest that you maybe want to get a pen or a piece of paper. I think Nayabi is going to write some of the links underneath um, in the chat box after the session. And, and the reason we're requesting that is because we're not here to preach to you, but we're here to give you some signposting to help you on your way to be self-responsible to find your own path to Gnosis and ultimately to freedom. So, Nayabi, you mentioned the, the Great Awakening, I believe, was, was the terms you were using. And, um, yeah, it's interesting because I was just working with the resource I've just made about that. And I think that at this present moment, it may, for a lot of people, feel very unlike a Great Awakening because people are probably eating a lot of chocolate or drinking guzzling more wine than they should, living in their pajamas, having days of total meltdown, and then days of being over-energized, and, and other things that I think that in time we're going to realize are hallmarks of trauma. And, um, and so it can seem a little bit hippie, new age, woo-woo to talk about Great Awakening, so I want to honor everybody's process, but as somebody who works with a lot of shamanic tools and modalities, I can tell you that the way a great awakening happens is exactly when you don't know your name, you have an ego death, you are, we might say, unfit for human consumption. And, and, and that's why some of us were, we've gone through this quite a lot of times because, so we see the signs, but it's on the more collective grander scale than we've ever seen before, but we knew it was coming. So let me assure you that this time we are in has been written off in so many pro um, teachings in Tibetan Buddhism. It's called the Golden Age. We might have heard of the Kali Yuga coming into the Satya Yuga. In the astrology of this time, the astrology of Saturn coming from Capricorn into Aquarius is very much about system change. Dances with authoritarianism and idealism meeting dystopic or kind of chaotic circumstances to prevent a kickback to prevent new societies. 
So I hope that what we share today can be enough from a bigger picture, from the lens of the universe and the stars and from the natural realm, because it's often our ego and our body and our conditioning and the burdens that we carry from our ancestors and our traumas from our own childhood and many, many other factors that keep us feeling that we cannot see the wood for the trees and this is not an awakening, this is a shit show, what's going on, um, all this conflicting news, I just want to get back to normal, um, where's the takeaway number? Um, oh, the takeaway is closed on and oh my goodness, what am I going to do with all my toilet roll? So there's so many things, even in every single little microscopic story that is coming out from this grand, grand mosaic of truth, untruth, uh, smoke and mirrors. Actually, in everything, there is a seed of truth. And in everything, there is a seed of analogy that we can make to something. So, um, so this is why... Um, if you start to engage with the lens of that this is a bigger picture, it can start to help you to regulate your body and to come out of having a real ego reaction. The ego's reactions to things are, I don't have any money, I can't see my girlfriend, whatever, you know. Um, so this is, um, or and, and fear of death and you know, they're, they're basically four shadow aspects of the, the ego and the lower energy centers. And these are the ones that are very fear-based. And in the prophecies, such as some of the Mayan prophecies or the eagle condor prophecy, it was known we were going to reach a time where we would come out of what they call the, the egoic center times, the solar plexus times, into the heart, which Nayabi was just mentioning. And... The, the signs where we're kind of deficient in those lower centers, and we've all been born into an age where that was the common common programming, is the wrong relation to, fear, uh, to, to sex, the wrong relation to death, the wrong relation to ego, and the wrong relation to the material. So that's like things, objects, money. So interestingly, as we're all kind of stuck in our own little places, a lot of questions around those those instincts and those patterns and those conditionings and those lusts and those desires are being really, really coming into that kind of, what would I say, seedy, twisty, wonky way and slightly torturous, just like all the news on Facebook and, and this, where is the truth? What is this stuff? Because that is the, the divine universal aspect of why this is an awakening is because that's a mechanism to help you to go into a process with those energy centers so that when you are confronted with that enough your soul can cry out for help the shackles can can be released and actually for many of you, you it won't even be noticeable, but there are a lot of us holding space around the world, people doing mantras every day, people meditating, people visualizing, people doing special yoga um, asanas or movements to help the field, people doing earth-keeping practice, um, so many forms of prayer or intention by a by grid of people who have been prepared for this time are working, and as Nayabi says, it's, it's not pretty sometimes. We have a lot of work because rather than maybe going into a duality of good versus evil, we're working with the density that has been created from the last epoch. And, and there's a massive cleaning operation that's been going on for many, many, many years, but is now at its escalation phase. So, yeah, you might be triggered by things we're saying and that's brilliant because that's a part of you that has been fear-based or reactionary to things that you maybe didn't understand and it's just more about us giving a transmission that your soul and your body let them know that they now have permission to have this healing and I just want to say one final thing before I hand over to Nayabi. We have 
in what we would call the yang programming a hummingbird just came to the window just as i was about to share this dreaming and the hummingbird is exactly the essence of what we are here sharing thank you to the colibri gracias 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 thank you deja flor okay so the hummingbird this is indeed the journey from the solar plexus into the heart okay so i'm going to have to share two stories now so this, in, in the race of the, the, the animals, of the birds, to the, to the sun, they were having a race to the sun. The condor is the most powerful bird, and it, it's, it was flying. It, it was beating all the other, other birds. You can call it an eagle or a condor, depending on which part of the Americas you are in. And the, the hummingbird is very little, but it's a giant heart. We once found one when we were doing a retreat in Colombia, and it was dead, and some people cut it open, and it's just a giant heart. And it can also fly in all directions at once. It can dart around and find meaning that becomes truth in all things, and find the beauty in that. And it can fly all directions to be able to be free. And ultimately, the, the hummingbird sat on the back of the condor and the condor finally nearly got to the sun but got kind of tired and the hummingbird won the race. So the little one, the little fella, the one that loved was the one who won. And this is the thing that in the over-yang, over-monopolized, industrialized, over-masculinized, over-systematized world, Things have gone out of balance. And I think you will all now be saying, wow, people are saying there's no more chemtrails. Oh, my goodness. Oh, look, I can breathe. The sky feels nice or the, the air feels clear. And I know people aren't allowed to go to the beach because of all these droplets that I, I, I'm not even going to get started about the droplets thing and the, the wonky stuff that doesn't add up. But basically, a lot of people are reacquainted with their love for nature and their love for society and their desire to be at one with people rather than in competition and dominion over. And these, again, were the programmings of the last age, which kept us in the ego center and kept people individualized and forgetting the oneness that we are. And, and the principles that we have all been asked to come into, which is where we will ultimately all be taken care of, is when we remember to abide by natural law again and natural time. And many of you have now realized that you don't have to get up at a certain crazy time and you're actually catching up on all this sleep. Your health will be reboosting. You're probably having these coma sleep, some of you. And, and just surrendering. And so that could be what we call it monoblob. And uh, we've got some little resources about that up on our platform. Basically, um, you're being rewired because you've been programmed by a false time construct, the Gregorian time construct, which was there to mechanize people into controllable beings who were following a wonky, non-natural time system that does not align with the, the cycles of the moon appropriately, and therefore is pushing humans away from nature. And this is what had happened with things like the Industrial Revolution and the times we've been in, is man has tried to dominate nature. And and, and look where it's got us. And we all have been warned that nature will kick back. And now it's quite ironic that it's possibly a man-made virus, but the thing is that it's perfect because we needed something to bring us into this process and this imposed retreat. Because for a lot of people have never been on a retreat in their lives and now have been forced to become more yin. And this is the more feminine aspect, to surrender, to go to a point where the mind cannot do its own head in with any more silly projections into what's going to happen next. And that's why all the fake news and all the all this wonky news is brilliant because we go into the distraction, into that that distortion, and then we're gonna come out and just go, I'm just not looking at this anymore. And the interesting thing is that on this day that we are making this transmission is the first day in what's called the galactic Mayan calendar. And I'm here in, I'm not in the land of the Mayas, but I'm very close. Um, we are here. And the, the galactic Mayan calendar is a natural law and time system 
which helps us to free. It helps us to stop being dominated because if you are dominated by time, you never have time. You never achieve what you were supposed to in your life. You never find your true purpose. And this is what the grand awakening is about. It's actually about realizing, oh my goodness, actually, I've realized I can have a one day week and see my kids and I can have fun and I can actually take up meditation and ah, I feel better and oh, I'm not arguing with people anymore and surrendering. And this quarantine is the best thing ever because people have got just themselves to sit with and to suddenly see the samsaras and the samskaras, the illusions and the torturous karmas that they've carried, not just from their own wounding, but that of their ancestors. And now in the stillness, that can come through. And today, in the galactic Mayan calendar, we started a 13-day cycle in what is called the White Wizard. And the White Wizard wave spell is indeed about becoming yin and receptive so receiving, not ta- not giving, not giving out all the time and taking things, but opening up to receive and, and knowing that what will come will be perfect. It's like the beige of floor, the hummingbird. The hummingbird goes to the flower. The flower is the yin and the, the, the hummingbird goes and it, it tickles the flower. And we are going to become those yin receptors in our monoblob status where we can't actually do anything to receive these codes, these frequencies that come out of the natural order into our system because all beings evolve and we are due to evolve. And we are now being given a time behind closed doors to germinate. And in this time of the white wizard, the white wizard is also the the jaguar. And the jaguar is the totem of that which releases all the heavy energy into the earth to bring back new growth and to look after the tribe and the community and to protect us while we're doing this delicate, vulnerable process. The white wizard is also about time and timelessness. So even by sitting and dropping in today, you can ask your body, please, please open me up to natural law and natural time and we will have resources to help you to decode who you are in a truer astrology to natural law and natural time. And so today we start this amazing 13-day cycle. And this 13-day cycle is not just that. The white wizard is actually the energy of the next 13 years in many ways. And so we are here with this 13 days as a fractal. What you see every day of these 13 days is a teaching on what your next 13 years are going to be like. So today is about your relationship to starting to surrender and receive. And it doesn't matter if you listen to it, not today, because the codes are here in this transmission. The second day, the next day tomorrow, is the Blue Eagle. And it's about learning to see the bigger picture, learning to fly above and fly high and be a mediator to see the best picture for abundance and for our community and to get to, to become unstuck from the little details and so forth. So it's very auspicious that not only are we doing this transmission today on what some people have been programmed to call Easter Sunday, a day of resurrection, but more importantly, Well, this is the thing, it lines up this year because this is a huge year where all timelines come together. So thank you for bearing with me. I know that was quite a long transmission, but it's very important that we get into the energy of the day because that is where our emancipation can begin when we start to have the right relation to time and start to relax into time and start to align with nature. And then we will realize we have everything we need because it will come for us. Thank you, Narabi. Thank you very much, Victoria, for sharing all of that with us. It was beautiful. Um, yeah, it's very interesting because obviously, um, we've been, we've been waiting for the go ahead from spirit for, for quite, quite a few weeks now to be able to bring this podcast. So the fact that we got the green light on what I knew to be Easter Sunday, um, which is, you know, like you said, the, re- the resurrection of, the resurrection of Christ, but also the resurrection of consciousness. And we are going towards this, what is being called Christ consciousness. This is part of this, ascension where we are moving from um what's what's known as a 
3D or the third dimension that we are currently in, which is a heavier, um, you know, a, a heavier vibration. And we are starting to shift some of that heavy energy, which you, you, you spoke about there, some of the density. We're starting to shift some of that heavy energy to be able to, to allow us to move to a higher vibration, that higher vibration of love that I mentioned there in the introduction. Um, that higher vibration is being um, referred to as 5D or fifth dimension. So it's great that Spirit gave us permission to do it on this weekend. And actually, we were, we were originally looking to do this podcast back in spring equinox. And that was actually a really interesting time as well, because when Victoria and I were in Mexico together, uh, Victoria brought up the fact that there was going to be some big work that was going to be needed to be done in Glastonbury. And as soon as this was said, I felt a very strong calling to be there. So I had to change my flight back to Ibiza, which I was meant to fly back on the 9th of March. And I changed it. I had a lot of resistance to changing this flight, I have to say. Uh, and I couldn't understand why, because I thought, come on, you're going to be, you're going to be on a flight in two weeks time. But obviously now I understand my resistance. But we went down to Glastonbury. And of course, when we went down to Glastonbury, things had already started to become an issue with Corona. Uh, so we then understood that the work that we were going down there to do was actually very important. Glastry being the heart chakra of the world, so it's a really poignant place for us to be called to, to go weave some of our magic on behalf of spirit at this important time in history. And I'm not going to go into everything that we did down there because everyone's work is their own. But I would like to share a little bit about the work that I did down there. So we got to a certain venue and I, I immediately saw this dead tree. And so I was guided to go and do some work around this dead tree. And around the dead tree was also a dead sheep. So straight away, I just, I had the message, this is the resurrection. We are going from the darkness into the light. We are now going to be reborn. Um, and I had been guided to bring um, some cherry oil with me. And I've never used cherry oil in my life. But when I looked it up, it was actually showing that cherry oil is for rebirth, fertility, for peace, harmony, happiness. Um, so everything really just worked nicely together there. And then a couple of days later, we went as a group to, um, to do some more work. And this time we worked around a live tree. And what was actually really incredible, that as we were doing this work around this live tree, all of these sheep, live sheep, of course, all of these sheep just came out of nowhere and, and sort of hung out with us when we were doing this. And I know that Glastonbury is full of sheep, but where we were, I wasn't really expecting there to be sheep there. So it was quite, it was just, it was just a quite, a, you know, a beautiful balance. And as we looked back behind us, what we were able to see was um, industry. But as we then looked ahead of us, what we saw was just this beautiful nature and just, and it was just this message of, you know, the rebirth to be re to be realigned with with nature. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a really, really lovely experience. So when we were in Glastonbury, it felt actually like um, this, this, this portal of time was being left open for us to be able to go to Glastonbury and do the work that we needed to do. Because actually, um, the day that we went into official lockdown was the day that we all uh, finished the work that we did in Glastonbury and came home. And my guide actually um, told me to get home straight away. So I knew that something was going to happen that night because he told me I needed to get home quite quickly. But what was really beautiful about the experience we had in Glastonbury, amongst many things, there was a very, very small group of us there. But what we all just knew and felt in every cell in our body was that this was this, this revolution of consciousness that, that I've spoken about. We, we could feel it. And I know that when things first kicked off with Corona, I, I had my own fears. I started to recognize my own attachments. I'd been having quite a deep process for about a month before this lead up with, with money. Um, there was a lot of things that were happening to me with money. So when I went into this fear process, when, when everything with Corona kicked off, I started to recognize my very strong attachment to money within this system that we live in. So I had a couple of days worth of, of fear, not a fear of the virus, but a fear of what's being created around the virus. But then I managed to push through the fear and connect to the, to the absolute knowing of what is happening here. And as I said, it was this, this knowing of we are ascending. This is what is happening. There's so many of us who've been talking about this for such a long time and maybe not knowing how it was going to show its face. But it was just this, yeah, this incredible feeling that we all had that this is happening. And for me, um, you know, as a, as what we would call a seer. 
I've found in my, in my life that when I was much younger, I found that I would often see things that were very, very obvious to me. But when I would speak of them, everyone else would look at me like I was insane, like nobody was seeing what I was seeing. And I found that really difficult because I couldn't understand. It was so obvious to me. Uh, and often it would take years for it to come, for what I was seeing to come into fruition. And of course, there'd be a lot of damage done to my psyche in that time as well, because it would take years for that proof, if you like, for me to know that I wasn't crazy. But what's happening now, which I'm finding really incredible, is so many people are stepping up and saying that they're seeing it as well. We're, we're all in, in a certain community, at least. We are all seeing the same thing. We are all feeling the same thing and we are all knowing the same thing. So that's something that for me now, it's like I don't have to wait. Um, I don't know what the timeline is on this until, you know, until this ascension really starts to take a hold so that everybody else can see what's happening as well. But what's um, incredible for me is, is to have that knowing backed up by so many other people, if you like. Yes, it's amazing. And I'd love to just uh, tell you that I stayed on a little bit longer in, in Glastonbury. And these are the sorts of little things that help us to know when I have that gnosis that well, we're not mad and somehow the field is talking back to us after we've done deep work. So I think the day after you'd all gone, um, I was plugged into the centre of Glastonbury again and and the guides um, showed me a sign that said, happy. And then a man came up, like a homeless man came up. I've seen him around sometimes. And he said, I just wanted to tell you, I'm happy today. And and I got this thing. Lots of people told me they were happy. And this is the sorts of ways we start to see these little signs. And this is where the awakening, the language that nature uses, and when, when you everything slows down for you, and you become more receptive to the signs, just as like Nayabi is saying, like a dead sheep, people be like, I don't want to go near the dead sheep. And actually, what is a sheep? Well, sheep are actually, there was a beautiful thing because one of the sisters on the gathering, she in her African lineage, she's from Zimbabwe, she, uh, she's got a connection in her totem is the, the, the sheep and the lamb and the wool. And it's got this beautiful context to it but also if you think about what was presented to Nyabi, it was a dead singular sheep and if you think of this time where we've been programmed to be sheep to follow to bah, just take just accept consume rubbish eat poison be a slave to something that we never ever have any direct benefit from to not see our loved ones all those sheeple type things that is all allowed to dissolve now and then as we had the um, the rebirth moment, what did we get? A tribe of happy sheep. And this is very much the essence of what 3D, 3D being more individualized. And we're not saying you have to lose who you are. It's very far from that, actually. Because if you look at nature, a tree is a tree, and it's got a flower beside it, and a bee, and, and they all know what they are. But we've been conditioned to just think that we we make money and we reproduce and all of this silly stuff and, um, and, and, and get taken from the essence of what it is. And the coming to the 5D is about coming into tribe community. And again, this, there's a beauty because um, so many people, a lot of people do not think about other people and they don't have time to think about, you know, look at India um, or look at the domestic violence situation that's happening and I think people are starting to find empathy, which gets lost when people are too busy surviving in the rat race. And so people are coming into, the, everybody's going through their necessary dissolution of some stuff, but people are also developing a deeper empathy. And that empathy is helping people to come from this state of powerlessness into remembering we we have community. And, and I'm speaking to so many people at the moment who are saying, when I get out, I want to start community. And this is what we've all been waiting for. And this is 5D is about operating from the heart and operating with telepathy and operating with intuition and, and collaboration, not competition. So it's got so many silver linings, this crazy everything and nothing virus situation that we have. 
and um, and 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 all we have to do as well as the antidote to what people think when they are feeling alone and hearing about 5G or Bill Gates or vaccinations is the thing is that those things only exist because our fear has created them and because the sheeple have let ourselves be looked at as if we need to be controlled. And they called, was it the First World War? You know, it's, it's been one of the wars was called the War to End All Wars, I believe. And actually a lot of the crazy reactions like people buying like 8,000 toilet rolls or, you know, just certain what would we say, um, overreactive or hypervigilant reactions are trauma reactions. And it's interesting because a lot of people are like almost reacting like we've become a police state and we have to have ration books and everybody needs sardines and tins food. And, and, and that's somewhere that's something of our ancestors and what they held and the hardships that they endured and it actually, if we start to realize it as that, we can actually clear the, that burden that's been sitting in our DNA because our DNA inherits trauma and fear and wounds. And that's why it's very, very important that we realize that we're in an evolution process and it's very, very important to start to work out how we can transmute and transfigure, so to shift, to clean and clear and purge our fear to bring it into love. And the fear resides in the lower energy centers. And the heart brings in the love because when we get into love and collectivity and collaboration, actually we, it's love is the strongest vibration in the universe. And therefore the need for the actors in this Hollywood blockbuster that we're all in, this surreal blockbuster, which is why we've not had any decent blockbusters for ages. They've all been reruns of something was because we knew we were going to come to this film. We're all going to be in it. But, and this is the whole thing, that the, the, the Hollywood dream machine, because it's an illusion, was very much predicated on the sheeple thing. It was used to be one hero, uh, one hero vanquishing with good and evil, da, 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 da. and that's a construct, a construct that's aligned with the Western patriarchal Christian uh, mindset, which is all about control and dominion and the old epoch. And... I, you know, I, I grew up having to go to church, so I'm not telling everybody it's all bad. There are a lot of good doctrines and morals within that mythic realm. But we're being really asked to, to and if you see, actually, Hollywood has started having multiple heroes and a lot of like the, the Marvel comic things, you know, they're, they're troops of heroes. And uh, there are some things like Maleficent or whatever, which are kind of anti-hero and, and looking at the concept of people, what people think is a baddie is actually not maybe a baddie. She's got her divine purpose and actually she's been misunderstood. So we give our power away when we go into a fear-based reaction of good and bad, black and white, because we've all got a shadow. And if you look at the yin-yang, the black and white, and this is a very important thing to look at because this is this whole dominion of Hollywood centrism or colonization, it's been very, very, very worrying because over the years it's programmed that black is bad. And if you look at the wisdom that has come out of Africa as a root race, it is not black is bad. And, and there's a lot of healing that needs to be done over that very one duality in order to come to oneness. So when we look, it, there was actually a thing called the Luciferian construct, and this was a, 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 a specific mechanism that was put into the collective consciousness and into the evolutionary strand of humans that we had to have this programming of a narrative of good and evil to give us an abrasion to come to a time where we would evolve from individualized into individualized meeting collectivized remembering we belonged, remembering we were all part of something, and remembering we've all got our unique superpowers, just like these Marvel film people. So so the things about 5G and Bill Gates, yes, we have to be very aware, but it's almost like what we're at is like the changing of the guard, and these characters in the film will soon be retired if we decide to stop feeding them and their energy with our lower instinctual, fear-based 
ideas, which are a lot of these are inherited of maybe my family ended up in a concentration camp or something. And so it's really important to look at what's ours. What have I inherited? And do, can I see the bigger picture in this? And can I actually understand that this is all a, a, a crazy film and I'm actually in it? Not I'm watching it. I'm part of it. And this is the, and this is the universal wound, is the wound of the exile. And we see this played out in many refugee cultures, but everybody, I think, has a time where they were bullied or they felt they didn't belong or they felt abandoned by their parents. And this is something that is not just for our species, but is, is, is something that is held in many of the intelligent. And as we're coming to, coming to the point of, of full disclosure, in extraterrestrial races like the ones that people speak of, like David Icke speaks of the reptilians. And if you believe in the reptilians you will find that their DNA was tampered with, as people say that the humans was, in order to be subordinated at that older time. And that those races actually were then outcast. And so the very race that people say, like, oh, the queen eats babies and she's a reptilian or whatever they want to say, they have the same wound as we have because we are also part reptilian because we've got a reptilian brain. So we have to come to oneness with our survival instincts and, and some of the mechanisms that even help us to breathe that are reptilian and to get beyond this dialectic of dualism because all of the, all of the beings are looking for love and belonging. And everything has a space in the natural order. We all have an ecosystem. We all have a tribe, a family, a community, a workplace that can make us happy where we can do what we love and be amazingly abundant at it. But we have to change everything. And, and therefore, if we can start to realize that these actors, like Bill Gates, are actors and they were mechanisms, and start to decide that we are higher than that, rather than we can be controlled by that, we shift the quantum timeline, which is what the epoch wants us to do, because this is an evolution. At no point ever have, has a species de-evolved. They might have been eradicated, and if we do not take this medicine, we will. And this is the, the lesson is, this is it. We're at the crossroads. Do we destroy our ecosystem and perish with it? Or do you remember we're part of it and come back to the garden? And this is this coming back into the myth and into the belonging. And as we are slowed down, just as Nayabe saw the sheep and the, and, uh, and, and the other totems, we'll call them, the other things that represented for her to receive gnosis as to what her role was in that particular configuration. As you are slowed down, the universe will give you signs. You know, like you see things like 11.11, or you keep seeing the same billboard or the same song keeps playing um, on the radio, if people have radios anymore. And, and these things, so the universe will start, if you wish, if you surrender at this time, if you come into the wizard frequency, and I think we can speak a little bit about, about wizards in a minute, is that... Mm -hmm. Actually, we, the universe will start to tell you what's next. But if you try and push and try and figure it out, that is why you're being bombarded with so much news. Because actually there's, at some point later, I will be disclosing more about the galactic, the galactic astrology and the cosmic law as to why this is all happening at this time and why there's so much news out there. But it's all there, again, as a mechanism for you to just give up on that and to just stop trying to use the monkey mind and to start to drop in to the truth that you are. And I want to say I'm grateful to these day, days of the wizard, but I also want to say I'm grateful to Nayabi's wizard, who was very present and was also with me on my plane journey over, who I have links with as well. But yeah, Nayabi, um, I, I know that we really wanted to honor your guide today, and I, I feel I would like to do that also. Thank you. Well, thank you again for all of that incredible information and for setting that up for me. You set it up very nicely. Thank you, Victoria. But yes, it is. It's an, so um, it was mentioned on my fourth podcast where Lydia outed me um, that my guide is actually Merlin. The reason Victoria had to set it up so well for me there is because actually it's something that I don't like to talk about very much. It's a connection that I hold very sacred to myself. Um, it's also a connection that can obviously very easily be made a mockery out of as well, because it's one thing to say you're channeling spirit, but to say you're channeling a legendary wizard is a, is a whole other level. Um, but it's, it feels like it's really important right now to share that information with people. 
obviously the reason it was so important for me to be in Glastonbury at that time was because of Merlin's connections with Glastonbury. And I didn't know until um, the place the place where we went to where the dead tree was and the dead sheep, I didn't know until we got to that place that actually that was a very, very special place for Merlin. But it seems right now the the the, the strength of Merlin and, and, and the powers of Merlin as this wizard who holds this beautiful white magic, um, it's really important for him to be here right now helping us with this ascension because what we're looking at is the undoing of what is ultimately a form of black magic that has been cast upon our society. One of the definitions of black magic is to, uh, to go against one's will. So when somebody's free will has been abused or manipulated, that is black magic. And this really is what has happened in our society as, as this black magic has infiltrated our sciences, our education, our TV stations, our news channels. It's come in as at many, many angles and we often don't recognize that our will has been bent to that of others to keep us in control, to keep us in fear. Um, we often feel like, you know, we, we have the illusion of freedom because we are given enough time to feel like we have freedom and we are giving it enough energy to feel like we have freedom. But actually, most of our time and energy is given to a system that actually isn't benefiting us that much. Uh, so as I say, that that is a form of black magic. So the fact that Merlin steps forward at this time is actually something that I really feel I need to honour right now. Uh, to have his beautiful white magic with us now um, is something that, uh, yeah, I think is going to, I think we're going to see a lot of benefits from in this ascension process. And actually what's really beautiful is that, that since being in Ibiza, I've found that a lot of the people that I've connected with there um, through the magic of the island also have either uh, also have either connections to Merlin or have had big experiences with him. And we all seem to be working together now in, in, in one way or another. So, yeah, that's kind of magical in itself. But, but yeah, just, just super grateful to have him working with us at this time. So thank you, Victoria, for giving me that platform to share that Merlin is coming through in these times. I would really like to honour and give a little bit of medicine, possibly, um, that, that everybody can take with them. Um, one of the guiding energies that I work with is called the grandmothers, and they come in many ways, and they help us to weave this consciousness together and and help us to, to go beyond space and time to become empowered architects of, of the new time. And it's this thing where I speak of the collective consciousness we can all come into in this more telepathic way, the grandmothers in Native Australian or originally uh, cosmology, they would say that they are the primordial force of energy because they dream everything into existence. And um, I would just really like to honour that energy and on just ask you all to think of grandmotherly energy while you're in these processes of, 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 of clearing and shifting and upgrading and, and, and connect with a grandmotherly energy because it's there for everybody. It's an unconditional love frequency. So even if you, we all go through points where we do not feel like love, we feel like shit, we feel like a bad person, and that's all got to come out, uh, up. And actually, you know, this is the important thing about this time is we're, we all have got like unique little weak spots or sillinesses and, and we're here to work through those together and to realize that we're all um fallible and we can all make mistakes but um the grandmothers are there you know I, i'm sure even if you didn't have one yourself we can all remember that for me my grand my grandparents were that lovely like i could be slightly naughty but they still loved me sort of people so um so i just really want to honor and give gratitude to the grandmothers and the crystalline mycelium grid of consciousness thank you you, so you spoke there earlier of um, of being individualized instead of being in the oneness. And my understanding of this ascension process is that it's about moving from the I to the we, um, or from the solar plexus to the heart, or even from the he from the head to the heart, if that makes more sense. And it seems like that's a quite a difficult shift to make because we've all been so in the eye for such a long time and I'm not going to lie whilst I do have one foot in the we I very definitely I very definitely have the other foot firmly planted in the eye um, and I know that I'm going to have to work really hard to make that shift as will many people 
But I guess the thing to say there is that if there are many of us working toward, towards it, that then that already puts us in the collective we. And as I mentioned in the intro, much like a virus, energy is contagious. So once a number of people start to move towards that shift, many more will just naturally flow in this like newly created flow of energy. It's a bit like what happened with the um, surge into vegetarianism and veganism about eight years ago. Obviously, there were vegetarians and vegans around for a long time before that, but they were actually in the minority. And in fact, many people viewed them as being weird or hippie type. Um, and then about roughly about eight or so years ago, there was this huge wave of people that just it suddenly started to come into their consciousness that they didn't want to eat meat. And it certainly happened to me. I never thought I would ever go vegetarian, but I just started to feel like I just didn't want to eat meat anymore. And so there was this huge surge of people that that happened to at a similar time. And then more and more people just seemed to get carried by that wave as well. And I know that some people maybe saw that as jumping on the bandwagon or, um, or a bit of a trend, but actually that's the energy of consciousness flowing it's much like with the hundredth monkey effect where um, one monkey on an island started to wash his sweet potato in the sea and then the other monkeys started to see him do it and they started to copy. But once this knowledge started to hit a critical mass or a certain point of consciousness, if you like, other monkeys on completely different islands also started to wash their potatoes in this way without ever having seen another monkey do it. And um, yeah, I think the knowledge just filtered into the collective consciousness. So this is something that we are just going to start to see happening, as, as I say, as, as some people start to just naturally shift from the I to the we, um, many people are going to be pulled along with that energy shift as well. And I just wanted to touch on what you were saying earlier about the Gregorian time constructs. Um, Something that I really noticed when I walked away from my 15-year career in finance, where I had to get up any time between 5am and 6.30am, depending on what job I was doing, where I was living in comparison to where I was working, etc. And what I found was that once I stopped having to set an alarm, once I had the luxury of not having to set an alarm anymore... I would wake up just feeling really good, <laughs> funny, funny enough. Uh, so I'd feel really good and my mind would be clear and I'd, I'd almost be in this place of, if you like, love and light. You know, I'd, I'd have a healthy state of mind and a healthy state of being. But I would notice that when, if, if maybe I had to set an alarm for five, six in the morning to get up and do a mediumship course one weekend or other various things that I might have to do, I would suddenly notice that my state of mind and my state of being would be very, very different to what it would be when I was able to get up naturally. And I would going from I would go from being a person of being quite love and light and loving everyone and loving life to suddenly kind of feeling a little bit aggy and kind of kind of hating on people a little bit. And that just wasn't that's just not the normal um, the normal perspective of my mind. But when I was made to get up early or to get up to an alarm way before my body was ready to get up, it completely changed my whole way of thinking and my whole perspective. So I started to realize that this was the pattern that I was in every day when I was getting up at that time. And then I started to recognize that this is probably the pattern that most of our society are in as they are forced to get up early every morning to go to, to, go to work. And, you know, this is kind of part of the trappings of our society that we're kind of kept in this, kept in this place of not feeling, not necessarily having a healthy state of mind, but not even recognizing that our mind can be of a different state because we're in that state of mind and we're in that flow of life every day. So the other thing I really started to realize as well was um, when I wake up on a morning, naturally, and when I don't have to rush to be anywhere, I was realizing that I'm still very much connected to the dream world. Um, I'm, so I'm very connected to spirit when I first awake. I'm still in, still in that dream state. So I actually do my best conscious dreaming and creating on a morning. If anybody asked me if I was productive on a morning, I think my response would be, what do you mean by productive? Because if you ask me if I was physically productive, then the answer would be no. But I am at my most productive creatively on a morning as I'm still so connected to that dream state and to spirit. So I can actually spend hours on a morning just in my mind receiving all this incredible inspiration and wisdom and 
um, yeah, and with this, this knowledge and creativity. But as soon as I then realize, oh, shit, that's the time I need to be somewhere or I need to do something, that beautiful flow is then just cut off and it's cut off for the rest of the day. Uh, and it's, it's just gone then. Um, but uh, yeah, that's something that I've been really lucky to have noticed in my own world as I, as I had to walk away from my career and my whole life has changed and my days are set up in a very different way now. They're set up in a way that works for me. Um, but I hope that there's lots of people out there now that um, are having the opportunity to experience a little bit of that 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 dream state or that creative flow um, that, that you can be in when you first wake up on a morning if you don't have lots of things to do. And I, I know that there's a lot of people who may actually be a lot more busy as a result of lockdown. There's going to be people who are both working from home and trying to homeschool kids as well. And I know that's really tough and just want to put a lot of respect out there for you guys who are, who are doing that. But those who aren't that busy and who are maybe getting the chance to do this, their dreaming will actually um, feed into the collective consciousness within that dream state, which will then eventually feed back into the consciousness of those who actually are too busy at the moment to be experiencing it in this way anyway. So it's interesting that there's a lot going on right now where, where one individual can shift something for somebody else. And Victoria, you mentioned earlier about there being some ancestral stuff that we could be holding in our codes right now. And, you know, you mentioned the victim code there. And, you know, I think we're, we're, we are holding and representing the fears of the collective consciousness in our DNA. And we actually have this opportunity right now for those who are free, for those who actually have time. If you do the work, you can be shifting stuff on behalf of of both our ancestors, as Victoria mentioned, but also be shifting stuff on behalf of those people who don't have the time right now to be able to really work on themselves and the people who don't have the time to, to be conscious of, what, of what's going on. So yeah, there's just, there's just a lot of great work that can be happening right now as we feed into the collective consciousness, which is why it's so important to feed love into the con collective consciousness and not the fear I guess, you know, we, we are in a time now where things are going to change. There are these big shifts that are happening. And, you know, we, 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 we all have this time now to, to look at different ways and uh, to look at different ways of doing things to maybe connect with our, with our hearts and our passions and to, to see what it is that we want to go forward with this, um, as this new world unfolds in front of us. But I think, you know, as, um, as different information comes out, and as you mentioned earlier, a lot of the behavior that we're seeing right now in terms of overindulging on Netflix and chocolate, et cetera, is, is actually showing a little bit of trauma that's happening, understandably, from this situation right now. So I guess we need to look at ways of how we can actually deal with that trauma. So I know you have a platform called the Lotus Consciousness Platform, which you've been setting up for some time, but it has, I know it also hasn't been the right time for you to put it out there. And I guess now it's starting to feel more like that right time. Can you tell us a little bit about that platform and what it can offer to people in this critical time? Thank you, Nayabi. Yeah, so the platform came again through channels and the the archetype, the symbology of the lotus is very much about, it's a divine, a cosmic uh, flower that is revered in many, many spiritual traditions. But, you know, the, the roots eat sludge and mud to become this beautiful transcendental uh, flower that, that reaches above, above the water. So the, the journey of the lotus is that we have to honor our roots and our sludge, and it's actually the fertilizer to our higher purpose. And, and I think a lot of people push away what is called the shadow or being in the darkness, but actually everything just stays in the womb in the darkness. A seed grows under the earth in the darkness. And, and we have this sludge that, um, that is what we've accumulated. And actually this is the thing that what we, it's really good because at this time we have to come to an element of self-responsibility because a lot of people have been stuck in victim consciousness and poor me. And then everybody's in quarantine pretty much. So is everybody going to be poor me about quarantine? And yes, there is trauma and we're going to have to address that. And the platform has come to assist us to start to find community. So it's not just a, a virtual platform, but at the moment it, 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 we were told it was going to be virtual first. Now you can see everybody's going to be virtual right now. So it's about helping people to find tools and resources to work through their own sludge. 
and to find practitioners and communities and good wisdom and, and to find it like a village hall because we've all become so fragmented. I think if we look at Facebook, everybody's got a yoga class here and this and that there, and it's very hard to keep track of. So we are there to be a safe space, not just at this time. It wasn't for, it was for this time and beyond. So we are starting very much in small bite-sized chunks because as I said, as we know, people are in trauma and we need to get beyond the, uh, people cannot retain much information then. So we're doing little bite-sized chunks of introductory stuff, but we have elders, wisdom, through to full disclosure, ready to come. So it's there. There's a lot of free resources there. Um, I think the link will probably be alongside this. It's on www.lotusconsciousness.com. You need to sign up because it's about actually not being passive, but making that effort to go and check in. So rather than us bombarding you and trying to be rescuers and missionaries, which is all outmoded stuff, you choose when you want to come and, and find some resources. And We've done the whole thing through um, exchanges of knowledge, and we do want to get financially sustainable. I don't know how that's going to look in the next year. but um, So just please understand we're a new project growing for this time. We have a lot of tools. A lot of people will be having mental health issues, and it will be a long time before they can get a referral. So we've got a lot of how-tos and tools and online groups that you will be able to join. And I'm very, very much hoping, Nayabi, that um, you would consider um, putting this and others of your podcasts up on the platform. We'd love to have you there. So, yeah, it's, it's there for a platform for collaboration. Of course, I would absolutely love Yay. to. Um, and yeah, and I'm looking forward to obviously, I know we've, we've spoken before about work that's going to come and some of it was when we were going to be in Ibiza where we should have been right now. Um, but I know that, you know, this stuff, just more stuff's going to unfold. And, uh, as, as always, I'm really looking forward to, to working with you more in the future. And I'm really, really grateful for the time that you've given on this podcast now. So thank you so much, Victoria. Mm, thank you from here and thank you from Mexico and thank you so much for having me on again and loads of love to everybody and so we come to close the chapter on all that we have known on all that we have been taught and on all that we have held dear even when what we have held dear has not served us but as we close that chapter a new life awaits us where freedom resides it can be difficult to let go of what we know, especially when we don't yet understand where it is that we are going, but this is and always shall be the nature of life. As we flow with the ebbs of the ocean, we start to find that the release of resistance stops us from becoming engulfed by the currents that pull at our feet. As we surrender to self and surrender to truth, we start to find that the pull of the ocean is now guiding us to a place where the waters will calm and allow us to flow in our own motion, in our own guidance, and in our own knowing. As we surrender to life, we start to find that life also surrenders to us, as we start to create with ease and grace, instead of disharmony and disease. So let us take the chains from around our ankles and the blindfolds from around our eyes. Let us start to recognize the call of our soul as we slowly, slowly, step by step, Create this whole new world together in love, in oneness, in unity, in harmony with natural laws. Let us start to see the future that every single one of us would want to create if only we could see clearly through the lies that have clouded our vision for so long. Let us come together in the love that has already been weaved. For the only thing that is real is love. And once we are able to let go of the fear, that has held us captive for so long. Everything will be created in love. Everything will be held in love. And everything will flow with the creative energy of that love. The time is now to come together in that love, in that truth, and in the power that each and every one of us possesses. We have given our power away to those that would take it for far too long. Now is the time to create a world where everyone stands in their own individual power. A world where no one would ever have the need to take another's power, as they stand so firmly in their own. A world where individually we shine our light on the collective that shall be created by us each standing in our own individual power, 
a world that holds truth in its collective consciousness and will never again stand for lies. A world that holds love in its heart and will never again stand for fear. A world that holds passion in its soul and will never again stand for apathy. A world that will be created on each and every one of our gifts, strengths, passions and talents. A world that shall be harmonious for all.